This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Your Town Podcast, episode 41. We're pretty sure. Super excited about this one. Going in... What's the word I'm looking for? Not blind. Going in, just going to read what Zach wrote. So shout out Zach, because he uh, he took the time to uh, to go ahead and write another episode. He's had this one written for a little bit here, so super excited. I do know the intro, uh, or what it's about, I guess, the information. And if you read the title, it's about the Independent Order of Odd Fellows. Not fellows who are odd, but the organization. Do you know anything about them? I do not. Ooh, educational. And inspirational. It's going to be a good one. He wanted to do this one potentially for the New Year's with everything going on. And then uh, we wrote the one for New Year's. So he said, do this one a little bit later. He's got some He's got some cool stories coming up for, for, uh, for writing. So if anybody has anything that they think is a good story in a state potentially we haven't done or a state that we have done, feel free to let us know. But I'm super excited about this one. So you ready for it? I'm ready. All right. I'm going to read it just as he writes it. So sorry in advance for all the names and the big words that I can't say. And anytime it says like, like it starts off, my grandparents were gamblers. It's his grandparents, not mine. Well, let's do the thing. My grandparents were gamblers. I told you it started off like that, but not the devious hobo sense, but in the pull tabs, scratchy lotteries in bingo sense. And he loves his grandparents dearly and really enjoyed spending time with them. He also loves pickled eggs and French fries. Good to know. Well, maybe as a thank you, we'll send you some pickled eggs and French fries. Sorry to your wife, because to be honest, if you eat some pickled eggs, you're going to have some terrible gas. But that's what he put. And then he put, uh, not the gas part. I made that up. I'm assuming. Let's not assume. That's why he would make regular trips with his grandparents to a large warehouse on the outskirts of town to play bingo, eat pickled eggs and French fries and chuckle each time the announcer would say, doctor says it's cancer. Thankfully, it's benign. B9. Get it? Got it. <laughs> Got it. I, I should have I should have went. Oh, good one. Like this? Yeah. I think <laughs> I nailed it. You nailed it better, I think. All right, you try again. <laughs> yeah, yours is spot on. Well done. All right. Yeah, good job. We don't even need the soundboard. Uh, so, <laughs> classic joke. And uh, anyway, very obviously underaged producer Zach hit the $1,000 jackpot one night on a three-window white card with a red border. He had to fill in a Y on his card. Thankfully, you could use your free space on that one. I don't remember what I bought with it. Probably more pickled eggs. I love bingo. Do you? I do. Hmm. That's a, It's kind of one of these things. And as we get older... You know, to the age where potentially we could uh, maybe go and play bingo and enjoy it because that's technically, other than producers act with people who get a little bit older play. There's not a lot of bingo around here, is there? Yeah, there's more than you think. I used to go all the time. Really? Yeah. Around here. I mean, obviously where you live is a little bit different, but where I live, I think Morristown, New York, potentially has some bingo at a fire hall. I was going to say, they're usually at fire halls or Elks Clubs. Mm-hmm. And this one, uh, this this one was a thing. I, I know that as a teenager, me and a group of guys, we would always go there kind of as a joke. But then we were like, you can actually win money playing bingo. And we would go there. But uh, unfortunately, we can't. And we'll get into the story here because uh, the warehouse 
was the lodge for a local chapter of the Independent Order of Oddfellows. At the time, he had no idea it was anything but a bingo hall, kind of like we just said. Mm -hmm. Up until a few weeks ago, there was no idea what it was until he started listening to another podcast, which detailed how Oddfellow halls across the uh, country were being sold as memberships dipped, and they were finding human remains in stage prop caskets tucked in attics and hidden under piles of garbage and back corners. Well, that took a turn. Woo! Dun, dun, dun. There it is. So, um, all right, I guess. <laughs> wow. Wow. And as Zach put here, he says, ah, the good old days of the fraternity boom in the U.S. Anyway, reading this, that's me. It's Matt. Watching Matt read this and providing color commentary is Meg. And the man behind it all is me, producer Zach. And this is the Your Town Podcast. And then this is where he says, put intro in. And then he says, $50. Says Matt didn't include the intro. Well, for 50 bucks, <laughs> we're going to include the intro. I accept PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, or wholehearted cash. I will not accept pennies, dime. No, I will take them as well because we're living in 2024. We got coin stars. So, producer Zach. Fork it over. If he doesn't, I'll make sure to tell everybody on the social medias to get after him. <laughs> All kidding aside. Appreciate you, Zach. And uh, let's do the thing. You ready to get into this? I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, oh, this it's about the Independent Order of Oddfellows. I was thinking the same thing. A bingo hall. Ooh, what's cool about this? And then he started about this twisted little thing where they're finding bodies and stuff. Yeah, I didn't know I was going to go there. I didn't either. And, and it's weird that I'm excited about it, but I feel like people saw me kind of perk up and I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> well, I was thinking it was going to be like, like the else clubs and all those places around where we live, mm -hmm. you know, like the backstory of those. It yeah. seems a little different. Seems a little, seems a lot bit different. So yeah. let's do the thing. Long before producer Zach made his thousand illegally gambling at his, uh, made thousands illegally gambling at his local Oddfellows Hall. The Independent Order of Oddfellows took root in the in its root, not route. We'll get into that later. Uh, in the 18th century England, at its inception, the order was uh, mirrored, 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 mirrored in pseudo pseudo political disputes. That's a weird word. They throw the p in there. It's silent. What? It's not needed. <laughs> uh, but either way, there's disputes and infighting amongst trade guilds. In fact, some historians claim the term oddfellows has its origins in there not being an established trade guild for those who simply did odd jobs. There were guilds abound for masons, carpenters, textile workers, farmers, jewelry makers, etc. But for those who did not really do one set thing, there wasn't a real home for these people. Thus, rumor has it, these Odd fellows banded together to make a guild of their own. Huh. That's, I, I think I would have been an odd fellow. In, in my initial thing, like you said, with the Elks Lodge, there's still, you know, and as that kind of said, the boom of all of these private clubs. And I always wonder, why is there so many? You have the Moose. You have the Odd Fellows. Um, American even, Legion. The American Legion. That's the one I was thinking. Elks. Uh, I mean, you could go on and on. And like I said, it's, it's a dying thing, you know, being a guy uh, that was a member of a moose lodge for, for years, just, just not a lot of time for me and membership going there. I, 
maybe it's the age, maybe it's there, maybe there's just too much to do and there wasn't as much back then. I mean, me personally, I would go there for the cheap alcohol. I mean, you can go in there and be a member there and get $2 beers when you're going out to other places. And in our area, it's like three fifty, four bucks. You might be listening to them and be like, hold up. You're telling me you can go and have a beer for under $7? We get it. We're not a city. A little less going on here. I was going to ask. This might be a dumb question, but is that something that's more like the North Country? Or is that like statewide? Like... In other states, you know what I mean, like Moose Lodge and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, the no, it's uh, it's uh, is that like all over, or is yeah. that just like an area? Nope, it's all over. I, I know specifically the Moose Lodge because one thing that's really cool is obviously you go to the other ones. A lot of these guys would travel elsewhere, but there's even one in I believe Florida that has a Moose Lodge that is a resort. So if you're a Moose member, you could actually stay at this resort much cheaper mm. and you have to be a moose member to stay there. So gotcha. it it is uh, throughout the country, which is a, a pretty cool thing. Just like. I'm assuming uh, the Oddfellows. Hmm. Interesting, right? It is. All right. So you get all of these Oddfellows band together, make their own guild and everything. Uh, politics and a few civil conflicts in England were thin the fraternal bonds, which uh, were supposed to kind of hold the organization together. That's why by the later half of the century, the organization dropped all political and religious uh, affiliations and began a new as a general uh, began new as generalized fraternities of blue collar. Uh, dedicated to civil service and mutually prosperity amongst its members. The group eventually penned the motto, visit the sick, relieve the distressed, bury the dead, and educate the orphan. Hmm. It's a pretty good motto. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the peak, the the organization acted as pension, health insurance, life insurance, subsidized housing for the sick, widowed and elderly, um, and financial relief for Impoverished, impoverished, impoverished. So you guys are all, oh, he can't say words. I'm sitting like four foot back trying to read little tiny font. I should figure this out. That's on me. Um, That's just my excuse for not being able to read. Uh, Impoverished (laughs) people in the communities in which a lodge existed. In America, the tradition carried on when the first chapter, 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 when the first chapter here, uh, the old chap, when the first chapter was opened in New York City, the day after Christmas, happy Boxing Day, December 26, 1806, by London, England-born mechanics Solomon Chambers. Huh, that's a heck of a name, easy to say. And John C. Chambers, his son. So the father-son duo, along with a few others, grew the brand well early in the 19th century. New York City, uh, the New York City area, by the end of 1809, there were six lodges spread across the city, servicing about 40 fellows, but the foundational lodge was dissolved uh, during the War of 1812 for political and wartime reasons. The Fraternal Banner was later picked up by Thomas Widley in Baltimore. Yeah, not a big fan of the city of Baltimore because I'm a Pittsburgh fan and the Ravens. Anyways, and from that point on, the American Oddfellows grew to prominence, rivaling their European brethren. What are you thinking so far? Pretty pretty good. Pretty pretty good little history, little throwback, all right? The power and reach of the order was curbed dramatically in the uh, post-World War II America. However, FDR's um, New Deal offered government-sponsored programs to the entire country. So where Oddfellow Halls would kind of then offer health and life insurance, job placement, and retirement planning as paid perks of lodge membership. The federal government began offering these social kind of safety nets as part of the new round of taxes put forth in FDR's New Deal legislation. With a generation of lodges across the country, 
they were shuttering and going up for sale. Hmm. Everything cycles, and apparently it's cycling back. Spoiler alert. And that, dear listeners, is where the weird stuff comes in. All right. If you've made it this far through 11 minutes and 40 seconds, potentially, of it, we thank you. But this is where the weird stuff comes in. Oh, boy. I'm ready for it. And Meg took a little sip of some wine to get ready for this weird stuff. So take one more. All right, she's going to take one more, and I'm going to I'm gonna have a, uh, a cheers break. So any of the listeners, if you're obviously driving, don't do this. If you're at your house, cheers to you. Cheers to us. Let's have a, let's have a quick little sip. And now we're back. As the 20th century marched on toward, uh, toward and into the 21st century, former Oddfellow Lodges across the country went up for sale. As the new residents moved in, a handful made ghastly discoveries when they found dried human remains tucked away, hidden, in these former lodges. Let's go to Virginia. 2001 electrician was working on rewiring a former Oddfellows Lodge when he found a small door to space between found a small door to space between two brick walls. That's probably some kind of typo. No judgment. Uh, he, he found a small door between two bricks and this wall and everything. He opened the door. And I guess that it led to yeah. a space between two brick walls. I like that guess. Yeah. He opens the door, Meg, and what does he find? A black wooden box. And inside, what did he find? Partially mummified corpse. Ugh, it was draped in white linen cloth surrounded by used candles. <laughs> that seems like some weird stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. Interesting. Then in 2011 in Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> going to skip that one. How would you say that? I, uh... S-C-I-O. C-O. Shoy. Shoy. C-O. I don't know. <laughs> It's Oregon. A 16-year-old girl found a child-sized <laughs> casket caked in mud in an out-of-the-way closet in the town's former Oddfellows Lodge. Inside the casket, the girl found, obviously, adult femurs, a mandib- uh, mandible, and teeth. <laughs> What's a mandible? A bone, I think. Okay. Why don't you just put a bone? Producer Zach. Big brain. Big brain. Let's go to 2015 in Panama. Oklahoma, not Panama, the country, Panama, Oklahoma, a family found a complete adult human skeleton in their rundown barn. Upon further investigation, the skeleton was not only confirmed to be legitimate human remains, but their origin was traced back to a former Oddfellows Lodge in another town or city I can't say in Oklahoma, Pateo. Um, Meg's coming in with some breaking news and some research on what a mandible is. I believe it's a jawbone. Oh, that makes sense. A jawbone and some teeth. Yeah. Educational show. Um, so, we're, so we're back to Pateu, Oklahoma, where not one, but two full adult skeletons were removed after the lodge folded in the 1960s. And the list goes on and on so much that there's actually a collection of Oddfellow skeletons in the uh, care of the Anthropology Department of the University of Western Ontario. To boot, this collection <laughs> was donated by the Oddfellows themselves in 19. 19- 99, right before Y2K happened. And it's funny because we, well, maybe funny is not the right word, but we also did a, uh, an entire episode about the remains of Jeff Davis and his skeleton. So make sure you guys head on over to Yorktown.com or Spotify or anywhere else you get social media stuff or uh, social media stuff, anywhere else you get podcast stuff and give those a listen to. But uh, there's a question. Why do they have these remains of the humans, you may ask? Hmm. Well, I think we have an answer, Meg. It's simple. Well, also, not being so simple. 
The Oddfellows really hit their stride at the peak of the popularity for fraternal and secret societies. The social clubs prided themselves on holding near and dear not only a kind of resume of philanthropy for stuff and humanitarian <laughs> deeds and events by sacred rites, rituals, and traditions as well. And the Odd Fellows were no exception. In the order to become an Odd Fellow and have access to its healthcare, pension plans, and retirement communities, one would have to go through a kind of vetting and initiation process. And for whatever reason, those along with the other rites and rituals sacred to the Odd Fellows included human remains. Hmm. The park Parcast Network's investigation into the organizations for their two-part series on the group revealed evidence that these human remains were acquired back in the day when medical students could simply order a sterilized skeleton for their own study. Whether or not that is the case for every Oddfellow Hall, it's still up for debate. Unfortunately, despite several conversations and some online digging, producer Zach could not find any evidence of a skeleton found in the walls of the Oddfellow's Lodge in his hometown. But he does like to look back and imagine his thousand dollars was kept in a box grasped tightly by a dusty old skeleton somewhere between the soda phone. <laughs> That's good. All words easy to say. In closing, next time you go through a small town, take a look around and see if there's, you know, three interconnected circles denoting an odd fellow's lodge uh, that were advertised everywhere. It is uh, still on the marquee when you pull up into Augensburg, New York, and maybe you can find an old coop in a diner who can show you a dead body buried under an old American flag and bags of unlucky pull taps? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and if you do, take a picture and send it over to us on all of the socials. Um, ideally, an Odd Fellows Lodge is a place kind of for fellowship in all of its form. Just kind of from hanging out and just having fun to discussion, to networking, to collaboration on creative and constructive projects. All with an eye not only on our own satisfaction, but on what we might offer to the community at large. An ideal lodge is a great venue for a lot of positive energy, and all members are encouraged to contribute their share. Hmm. And that's from the group's official About Us page. Zach ends it with, bye. That's what he put. <laughs> bye. Bye. Wild story. So let huh. me let me let me gather here. So so what they're saying is, there was um, weird rituals. There was all this stuff, but they're kind of saying going with the. Well, we bought them for potential decorations, for research, for medical students. They're going to play that card? You're thinking? Sounds like it. Hmm. Wouldn't that be wild? I mean, if you find out that these odd fellows, these places where, you know, as a kid, you went there with your grandma playing pull tabs <laughs> was actually like doing human sacrifices in some of those clubs. Right. I mean, a club that's been around since the 1800s. There's been a lot of things that we see as weird and not right that wasn't always the case. I mean, there was probably some people that were like, it's not right. But there was also things people thought witches. Maybe we'll do a show on the Salem witch trial and all that stuff. But hmm. different times, like uh, a lot of the stuff that we do, you know, technology has evolved. Stories have evolved. And uh, hopefully this podcast has evolved very well. What, so what's kind of your conclusion? Like, do you have do you have questions? Do you think it's weird? I mean, obviously, it's a little bit weird, but I was not expecting this. And I've driven by. <laughs> and, and So where in our hometown, the Oddfellows is, you know, where there was like a whole bunch of buses. Um, you're driving up uh, 37 before you kind of hit um, the Chinese restaurant mm -hmm. and stuff like that. There's that huge building on that corner by um, National Grid. Okay. On that, the left. Yeah. That's yeah. the where the Oddfellows was. Huh. 
they used to know that yeah every once in a while they would have uh they would kind of open it up and i think once or twice there would be some like high school bands they they take some money who go in there bingo uh the place that i used to work before actually held an event there before so i mean i've spent some time in there Hmm. and i guess he dug around didn't they haven't found anything and i'd have to imagine it then became a bus garage after they bought it and i guess there's no skeletons in those closets but maybe just maybe there's something in the walls. <laughs> Imagine being the owner and then being like, oh, they want me to check around. <laughs> Let's see what we can find. Yeah. Let's just go. Me and Zach, are, we're going to go in there. And we're going to start tearing out some walls <laughs> and see what we can find. So good episode. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Zach, for doing that. We should probably go over the sources. Oddfellows.org. Wikipedia. Love you, Wikipedia. Parcast Network Podcast. Secret Societies. Oddfellows Part 1 and 2. The Atlas Obscura.com, Five News Online.com, LA Times.com, and the Ontario Archology. Sorry, that was tough to see when you put it all together. And um, there, dot work. Either way, thank you to our sources. Thank you to Zach for writing that. Thank you Did you to Archology. I don't know what came out of my mouth. Arca- <laughs> Archaeology. What, what did I, I didn't say? Right? Archaeology. Shocker. I didn't say something right. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, for whatever reason, if you're continually listening to this, we appreciate it. We're going to be back next week, episode 42. Not exactly sure what we're going to talk about, but we have a lot of fantastic stories lined up. We would love some viewer suggestions, so please send them over to any of the social media so we can uh, just give us a topic. And Zach's going to do the research. I know he's got a super busy February, so he's going to uh, start really digging in and getting some episodes done. So I uh, can't thank you enough, Zach. And obviously, thanks, Meg, for joining us. Hopefully, you had You're fun. You're welcome. All right, you got anything else? No. All right. I think we should get out of here. Let's go. Just because he said 50 bucks, we won't play the intro. I'm going to run this as an outro. Take care, everybody. Bye. I'm Chris. And I'm Mel. And together we host the podcast, Spoil Spoil My My Movie. We were watching movies anyway. And we were having in-depth conversations about those movies, too. So, we decided to share our thoughts with the world. You can expect me to gripe about inaccurate details like supposedly cold weather, but you can't see anyone's breath. And you can expect me to be but also psychologically deep. And by the end of each episode, we'll provide our respective ratings. Using a rating scale custom tailored to the movie in question. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We're everywhere. We're actually behind you right now. Hey, this is Sammy from Barrel H Chicks, and I'm here with Yen. Hey, everybody. How you doing, Yen? I'm feeling amazing. <laughs> yes, you are. But what we're here to do today is talk about where you can find barrel-aged chicks. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Good Pods. Yep. On the barrel-aged chicks, we have myself, Sammy. We have Yen, of course, and then we have Snow, Crystal, and Harley. Yep. Um, we enjoy talking about everything from movies to being current moms to being just. The ladies of the Barrel H Flicks boys and their shenanigans in general. Please join us without kids. Thank you. 
yes, our podcast is explicit content, so it is definitely not for little ears. But come out, let your hair down, and hear the chick side of things. It's a shit show. (laughs) Please join us. We need some mom time. Hi, I'm Don Brody, a comedian with a history degree and the host of the podcast, Hilf. History I'd like to fuck. Each episode, I am joined by a new guest who has brought me a subject from history that they want to know more about. Then I hit the books, I dig deep in the annals, and stimulate. (laughs) We've covered Frankenstein, Houdini, Joan of Arc, Pompeii, the Salem witch trials, right? Join us and find out for yourself that history is a party and everybody's coming. (laughs) 